Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. This show is dedicated to empowering women like you to put yourself first and achieve your goals. I'm your host, Kat Horrocks, a women's life and career coach based in Manchester, UK. Each week, I'll be sharing stories, perspectives, and expertise from successful and inspiring women so you can feel empowered with the positive vibes and practical guidance to step into the next level version of you. So if you're craving more passion and purpose in your life or you're just looking for a boost in your busy day, make sure you're subscribed and let's dive in. Welcome back to the podcast. This week I am sitting down to have a chat with the lovely Gemma, founder of Unconditionally Nourished. Gemma is a self-care and mindset coach, empowering women to be overwhelmed, to be imposter syndrome, to grow their confidence, to embrace an abundance mindset, to embrace self-care and well-being in their life. And we just have so many synchronicities in the way we work with our clients. So I knew this was going to be a great conversation. Loved hearing Gemma's story from doing a PhD and how much that taught her about imposter syndrome to discovering coaching and the passion she has for the work that she does now, helping women with their well-being. So many great tips and encouragement from this week's chat and I think you're gonna love it so really chilled one this week really you know lots of good vibes I can't wait to hear what you think please tag us on Instagram screenshot your podcast app let us know you're listening let us know if you have any questions and let's dive in welcome back to the put yourself first podcast ladies and welcome to today's guest Gemma thank you so much for being here with us Thank you for inviting me, Kat. I'm so excited for this conversation. I feel that our work is very much aligned in the sense that we love empowering women to find their purpose and live their best lives. Yes, 100%. That was literally what I was about to say. I'm sorry. The reason, no, like total (laughs) synchronicity, serendipity. Um, I asked you to come on because I feel like we have so many crossover so much crossover in our philosophies obviously we're both coaches we both work with women and I just feel like we're going to have an amazing conversation today about boundaries self-care and all of the great work that you do because it continues to be the number one thing that my clients struggle with that all of the women in my community who are in my dms every week struggle with whether it relates to their work whether it relates to their family life their like personal confidence um looking after ourselves as women continues to be like one of the hardest things for us to prioritize and i know that's all about the work that you do so i can't wait for the tips that you're going to share I'm really looking forward to getting stuck in and sharing lots of self-care and mindset stuff with you. Amazing. So (laughs) your business is called Unconditionally Nourished, which I just love, by the way. Um, (laughs) Thank you. What what a gorgeous word, like nourished. Oh, just makes you feel like, (laughs) it makes you feel nourished when you say it. (laughs) 
what does that mean to you? Like, what does it mean to you to, to, to be unconditionally nourished in your life? I think there's lots of elements to it. I think it's about living a kind of heartfelt life. Um, and it's something that I'm always getting my um, clients to tune into that kind of state of alignment and that kind of abundance mindset. Um, and I think there's lots of different aspects to this, but essentially when you're doing the things that serve you, that really make you feel joyful, you're going to feel good. You're going to like your energy levels are going to be like high frequency because you are doing the things that serve you as opposed to just kind of doing things just because you think you should be doing them. You know, you're aligned, you um, have purpose behind your actions and you're not fighting against the flow of the river you are going with the flow of the river and that's when you're in this kind of beautiful state of connection and grounding and you're just sailing along on peaceful waters and yes there's like bumps in the road but I think once you've kind of reached a state of um peaceful inner work and you've done the work and it's tough and it's challenging I think you are better equipped mentally and emotionally to deal with those bumps in the road because you've got a toolkit that you can keep going back to time and time again. Yeah, that that definitely resonates with me. I think even as coaches, there's always work that we need to do. And it's like, it never ends, does it? The like personal growth and stuff still crops up. And you're like, oh, there you are again, thing that I struggled with, really struggled with a few years ago and I'm in a good, better place with now. But it it does get easier, doesn't it, when you're faced with something because you've done so much of that groundwork and you've got that. I love that toolbox analogy. I always use that. Mm-hmm. It's like you have this incredible toolbox to just pick and choose like what is going to work for you and pick yourself back up again. Love it. Exactly. I think it all comes from growth and experience and growth and experience comes from living your life like getting out of your comfort zone getting over the fear stop waiting for that perfect time just going for it and just letting things happen and just accepting that yes maybe things don't go right but that's just part of the process and I think when things don't go right for us they're just lessons like I don't believe in failure I just and it's taken me a lot of mind work to get to this point I don't believe that failure exists I think Um, when things don't go right they're just lessons for us to come back better come back stronger than ever before and just yeah just keep on going yeah amazing how did you get into this work were you working in corporate like I'd love to know your personal career and business background and what brought you into coaching women in this field well I started my blog when I was doing my PhD so my my background is scientific. I have a PhD in neurobiology. And during that time, as like a creative outlet and a hobby and like a release, I started my blog. And it was a it's a well-being blog and it was to document my journey back to a healthy balance because I had a disordered relationship with food. So I'd like to post like recipes and what I've been up to, like just general it's like an online diary basically. And um I got to a point where I started making money from my blog 
um, from brand um, collaborations and sponsorships, can't say the word, sponsorships. And um, eventually I wanted to connect with um, the women who were reading my blog on a much deeper level. So I decided to take that leap, which took a lot of um, encouragement for myself to do. Um, I took that leap to get certified as a coach and I absolutely love it. Like it, I'm so glad that I did the inner work and got over my kind of self-doubt and whether people were going to book me and this, that and the other. And yeah, just went ahead and did it anyway. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. And I had no idea you, you did a PhD. I think that's so, so cool, especially in neurobiology. Do you feel like that influences your coaching and like the specifically the mindset work you do now definitely there's lots of like transferable skills that have crossed over but that's where my love of mindset began because during my PhD I suffered with serious imposter syndrome because even like down to when I was being interviewed for the position I was like what the hell am I doing here and then I got the call to say I got the position I was like really have they got the right person um because I never professed to be like this super intelligent being like I just work really hard to get to where I want to be whereas my husband he's like a sponge like he can remember stuff from our like our degree that we did together um way back when so like I'm not that kind of person I don't work like that I just have to put lots of work in and then I was just surrounded by all these super intelligent beings you know who were like lecturing like students and um like doing all these all these research research experiments and kind of writing papers and kind of presenting their work on a well world stage and then there was me just kind of rocking up to the lab <laughs> not believing that I was even worthy to be there not believing that I fit in um just yeah just not really feeling like this was my place um and where I should be um and I was going for my driving test when I was doing my PhD it was my fourth driving test it was pretty important like I kind of like built myself up and <laughs> really wanted to pass this time because I just had enough of it um and my postdoc who worked under my supervisor at the time he said Gemma if you can do electrophysiology which is the um technique that we use in the lab then you can pass your driving test. I thought, okay. So um, I did my driving test. I just took that sentence and um, used it and encouraged me. And it kind of gave me that glimmer of like self-belief that I needed to get me through the driving test. And I passed. And it was just that little reframe that was just so simple. And it sounds really stupid and really ordinary, but it made such a difference to my approach to the driving test. And that's where my love of like mindset work and then self-care kind of came into play yeah that's such a powerful story and it, it's so funny because I often talk about driving as well when I talk <laughs> about mindset there's so many crossovers here it's it's like almost creepy <laughs> like the universe has brought us together um yeah people just I, I think especially as women we do just struggle to own it and it's almost just sometimes you just need to step into the shoes of step into the shoes of a person who believes in themselves or in that example there I love that because someone else needs to almost remind you of your potential and I think just allowing yourself 
to believe to just believe in yourself and believe that that is possible for you even if it's just in that one moment that's like game changing isn't it oh it really is and that all comes down to scarcity mindset and transitioning to abundance mindset when you live in scarcity and lack then that's the life that you'll live because that's what you're attracting back into your life so if your energy is negative then you'll attract negative things into your life but if you shift to abundance you take like these kind of limiting beliefs away and you stop playing small and you stop um limiting your potential and essentially your life becomes limitless because you're not holding back you can see where your life could go you can see more opportunities that are open to you because you believe that you're worthy of those opportunities so you go for them more and you start seeing them it's like when you buy a new car a particular brand and then all of a sudden you start seeing the same car all over the place where whereas before you didn't um it's a similar thing yeah that is so so true so so you've talked about abundance and scarcity which by the way again is one of the most like frequently asked and requested topic so let's dive right on into that um i would love to know your personal favorite and also your like professional favorite when working with clients tools exercises um daily routines rituals that you recommend for cultivating this really positive really resilient abundance mindset for me i'm a morning person so i try and instill as much positivity as i can at the beginning of my day with a morning routine and i think i've got two small kids so (laughs) i it kind of varies from day to day as to what i can do but it usually um, includes journaling which includes a gratitude practice because abundance is just another way of seeking gratitude um i do meditating meditations which is amazing um and i pull an affirmation card and that's just like like a very basic um, morning routine for me that works for me and helps me thrive and a nourishing breakfast i like to have that because i've got two little ones it kind of varies from day to day what I can get done. And I think the word routine sometimes has negative connotations or associations of being like regimented. You have to do the same thing over and over again, but for it to work and for you to be consistent with it, I think you need to have that flexibility in there. So even if one day I only manage to get breakfast for myself and I don't do the journaling and meditating stuff, that's still me showing up for myself that, you know, the intention is still there and you should take that, you know, that's, that's great. That's still you sending that message to yourself and that reminder that actually I am worthy and I matter too. And I think that's where a lot of my clients get lost that they think that, Oh, you know, I can't, you know, I can't fit everything in, but that's fine. Just do one thing. Even if it's getting yourself a glass of water, that's still that message there that you are important and you are enough and you're deserving of your own care yeah that is huge and we talk a lot about confidence and self-belief and building yourself up and like I love that you link abundance mindset with all of all of that other other work like you've linked it to imposter syndrome which is great because that's just like made an aha moment in my mind (laughs) you you, and you obviously we're linking it to confidence because for me a a game changer has been 
shifting my awareness shifting my awareness of this abundance mindset from this thing and like goal to achieve and like oh I'm going to manifest this abundance I'm going to manifest this you know amazing life and amazing mindset and then I'll be super confident shifting that to actually how can I feel abundant today like mm. how can I feel a little bit more confident today how can I how can I show up for myself as you said and in doing something so small like making yourself a really healthy breakfast especially when you're a busy working mom that even if you don't consciously acknowledge it and you're still on your journey that is sending a subconscious message isn't it out into the world but also to yourself that I am worth it Mm -hmm. definitely and it's so important I think with um, as women we kind of put so much pressure on ourselves we we juggle so many different roles that we are easily forgotten like we do forget about ourselves and I think there's that kind of cheesy saying that you should um, give yourself the same love that you give so freely to others and it's so true to be kind to yourself to be gentle with yourself talk to yourself like you would your best friend I think some of the things that I say to myself sometimes are horrific and I wouldn't even you know dream of saying them to anyone else but because I'm saying it to myself it's deemed okay but no it's not Um, and I think sometimes we do need to be our our own best friends and a lot of positivity can come out of that and I mean coming up with like a (laughs) self-care routine that's realistic in your life and works for you um, is so important because I think that's where a lot of people um, go wrong with their self-care routine because they kind of um, fall into the trap of the big gestures you know the kind of I call it well-being sexy stuff (laughs) like you know um, the, the beautiful, the pretty stuff um, and the big stuff like the spa days and the holidays and, you know, or the pretty stuff like the face mask and the pampering stuff. And that stuff is beautiful and lovely, but they're not really things that you can do every single day. And like, you have to be realistic. If you work a night shift and you've said that, oh, I'm going to meditate at dawn for three hours every single day, it's just not going to happen. Let's be honest. And like, why put yourself in that space anyway? Because it's just going to have a negative impact on you, on your mindset. You're going to get so frustrated with yourself because you can't keep that up. And yeah, it's, you just end up in this kind of self-loathing um, cycle and you just give it up anyway because it's just not working. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I think sometimes we almost create it's like another thing on our to-do list, isn't it? It's like, it's another pressure, you know, like I've got to get to the gym. Mm-hmm. I've got to smash this really tough workout five days a week, or I've got to, I've got to do my yoga or I've got to do my morning routine, or I've got to have this dis- like really horrible green smoothie full of kale otherwise I'm not doing (laughs) self-care and like you say it's total bs because you are setting yourself up for failure because you're only human and some days you're not gonna have time to like spend half an hour cleaning out your juicer after making your green juice you know (laughs) So, so it's like on those days are you then not worthy of that self-care? No, but it's about 
like shifting it to that flexibility that you said and having like I always say having a list of like self-care non-negotiables like the absolute basics Mm -hmm. definitely yeah love 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 all of this I think it's so nice having a list of things that you can do um just you know in your journal or your planner or on your phone or wherever just so you can dip into them every now and then um because sometimes you may plan to do something but actually you've realized that oh I don't have the time at the moment so I can just do something else that's going to take a little bit less time and whether you've got five minutes ten minutes sixty minutes I don't think you can really underestimate the amount of time that you can spend on yourself because ultimately it's gonna fill your cup back up and then you can serve others with the overflow and when you feel your best you can give your best and that's why I always say that self-care is selfless it's not selfish because essentially you taking time out for yourself means that you can give so much more to everything else in your life whether it's your family your partner your job your business your pet whatever (laughs) you know they all get the best of you yeah that's um I feel like I'm gonna be hammering that point home until until I'm dead (laughs) I was gonna say until I'm retired but until I'm dead because even like in my (laughs) as you're as I'm sure you do as well I'm always having that conversation with the women in my life like my friends and family like make sure you're taking time out for yourself it's so important (laughs) yeah that um that reframe to actually it being it being a disservice to the people that you love the most and the people that you want to show up for if you're not feeling 100% I think that can be so powerful for especially for women listening who might feel who might still have some guilt or resistance to fully like embracing you know self-care and well-being in the life definitely yeah loving loving all this um so can we talk about boundaries and actually setting our lives up because I know we've spoken we've spoken a little bit about daily routines and like daily things that people can think about that doesn't take a lot of time but often actually setting our day up to allow for those things involves things like personal boundaries Mm -hmm. it involves maybe asking someone else for help like asking a partner or a family member for help in order to allow for that time Um, and it can also look like having more like hard boundaries in terms of saying no to create space for the other things so can Mm -hmm. we talk about that and how you personally encourage and navigate that with clients I think this is such a popular topic right now especially um in the well-being kind of space and coming out of lockdown and stuff because I've seen with my clients that they keep asking about enforce you know how do I enforce my boundaries because they've just become so blurred with like working from home or the kids are at home so they're working later and things are just a little bit kind of all over the place and it's trying to pull things back and getting those boundaries back in place and it's hard and I think it's all about kind of writing like going back to basics and writing a list of what you're available for and what you're not available for because I think we get stuck in a cycle of kind of doing all the things for everyone 
and we kind of like get lost in that and that just becomes our norm so it's about kind of like reining it back and have just having a little kind of moment of just writing a list of what's serving you what's not serving you and then you become more intentional with your time and energy so you're putting your time and energy in things that are going to really light you up and uplift you and support you throughout your day so you're not feeling so drained i had a client who came to me and said that you know i you know it doesn't matter how much sleep i get i'm constantly like drained and tired and exhausted and i'm like yeah that probably because you're doing things that aren't serving you because when things when you're doing things that serve you it comes with ease it's joyful it's happy when you do things that aren't serving you and you don't really want to do them that's when it becomes really tough and you're kind of like fighting like through mud basically and it becomes exhausting and tiring um so yeah um, i think boundaries is such a big topic right now as it should be definitely yeah i think lockdown has has brought in some blurred boundaries as you say but i also feel like it's uprooted some you know lack of boundaries in people's lives that they've had the time to reflect on and hopefully now address yeah yeah definitely i think it's definitely been a kind of a double-edged sword of kind of negative and positives in the sense it's brought more awareness to the things that people want to keep in their lives going forward and as we come out of lockdown and into our new normals and i think it's that's probably one of the biggest positives i mean there's obviously lots of kind of like heartbreak and upset alongside that but i think out of all of it that's a really nice positive to come out of it people are taking that time to reflect and looking at how they can improve and better their lives definitely definitely and i don't know about you but i feel like 2020 has brought up so much shit for so many people and i'm probably going to go a bit deeper than i'd planned now but uh, some people who i follow have referred to it as like the great awake the year of like the great awakening like 2020 <laughs> vision because if you think about it you know lockdown of course coronavirus global pandemic the black lives matter movement like so much has been like uprooted this year and there's been so much heartbreak as you say and tragedy that I do feel like people it's forced people to take that step back and think about you know how can I protect my energy how can I be like the best human I can be mm-hmm. so I can actually have a positive impact on the world oh totally I think it's also brought to people's attention what matters in their lives like I think so obviously we you know you get kind of stuck in the old you know the routine and the day-to-day kind of living that you don't really pay attention to the little things and I think um with lockdown we had a lot of stuff taken away from us that we you know we couldn't really do and I think that's kind of brought awareness around actually what do I want in my life and what actually matters and I think a lot of the things that people want to keep are just like small little things and they have so much more appreciation and gratitude yeah definitely so you've talked a lot about journaling and I know journaling is one of my non-negotiables are you a huge fan then of 
writing everything down is that like your go-to recommendation if someone's gonna come off this podcast episode do you get like all your clients to write down like pen and paper journaling I only actually recently got back into journaling literally about 10 days ago after pulling it on hold for about like a year or so just because I think I was overthinking it and I thought it had to be this big massive like ritual you know like we're always sold in like the well-being world it has to be this big kind of big glorified kind of thing and I wasn't sure what to write or where to go with it and simply um I just write a page like I put my, my morning thoughts down um what I'm grateful for and I write down an affirmation just to put me in like a positive space. And that's all I do. And I know there's lots of different ways to do it, lots of different processes, like different people advocate different things, but that's how I do it. And that's what works for me. And I think that's really important being in tune with what works for you. But yeah, I definitely recommend um, getting everything down on paper, whether it's um, a brain dump, or if you like, you know, write a letter to yourself or wh- whatever form it is, especially if you have a lot of negative thoughts and you're carrying a heavy weight around with you at the moment. I think dealing with it on paper and just opening up that mental space for yourself is such a positive experience. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So if you don't mind, I want to jump. I feel like we've covered loads of great stuff around self-care and boundaries. And I think that's going to be super helpful for everyone listening. If you don't mind, I'd love to jump back into mindset because I'm like backtracking the conversation <laughs> now, trying to like get my interviewer hat on. Cause sometimes <laughs> I get too excited. I'm like just chatting as if we were having coffee. <laughs> then I'm like, Oh yeah. People listening might not, you know, might not fully understand like the imposter syndrome thing or might not fully understand like what does abundance mean? What does scarcity mean? So going back to mindset, um, confidence and imposter syndrome, and you've shared that you have a personal experience with this. So could you, you know, briefly introduce imposter syndrome, what it means and how it shows up in your clients' lives and businesses? And then it would be great to dive into some practical stuff as well if anyone else is, is struggling with that at the moment. Um, for me, from my personal experience, impos- I think imposter syndrome shows up in many different um, ways um, for many different people. But for me personally, it showed up as not really feeling like I fitted in, um, keeping myself small, um, always kind of like sitting at the back, um, not really wanting to look stupid and not like raising my hands like for, to, to answer questions or even to ask questions. So I didn't have to kind of dive into conversations because I thought I'd show myself up and just look really silly and just not believing in myself and not having the self-confidence. And for me personally, um, it's funny because with imposter syndrome, we always have lots of self-doubt, lots of um, negative self-talk, the inner critic raises ugly head, etc. But most of the time we're already doing the work and I was doing the work. Um, I was showing up to the lab um, and I was doing the res- experiments and getting results just like everyone else was, but I still wasn't like believing that I should be there or that I fitted in. And it's just such a weird, 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 like complex and kind of mental state to be in. And I see it with my clients all the time too, the same kind of lack of self-belief, 
um, just the inner critic kind of getting hold of them and just keeping them small and they just hold themselves back. But for me, what really kind of struck a chord was actually seeing my body of work when I had my exam at the end of my PhD and just seeing it all written up and kind of sat on the table, my thesis. And I just looked at it and thought, I actually did that. I actually did the work. I showed up every day, just like everyone else. And um, I think that was, yeah, quite a kind of significant moment for me in my journey with imposter syndrome. Yeah, that's so, so, so great because we often don't allow ourselves that moment of celebration and acknowledgement. And that really can be the antidote to imposter syndrome, can't it? Because it's like, this is tangible evidence in the world that I am good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, A mantra I've been using recently, even like at the gym yesterday, it sounds daft because I've been going to the gym for years, but because I've obviously they've been shut during lockdown, I had this moment yesterday where I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I belong here. Like I'm not as strong or I'm not, I might like, you know, not be as good at my squats or whatever. Mm-hmm. And obviously going into the weight section as a woman, like I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm feeling a bit anxious. And I just said to myself, like, I deserve to be here. I deserve to be here just mm-hmm. as much as everybody else. And so I love that. I love that story because of course you deserve to be there. Like, otherwise you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have been accepted onto that. And what like a fantastic achievement too. Um, and such a great story of overcoming that imposter syndrome and doing it anyway. Cause I think the hardest thing with all of this is so many women are holding themselves back from fully going it, going for it. Mm-hmm going for their dreams going for their goals whether it's in their life or their career Mm -hmm. and you obviously didn't let that happen like you say you were doing the work anyway yeah even though I felt like I didn't belong there I just kept showing up um kept doing the work and I think consistency in the end pays off if you keep showing up whether you feel like you should be there or not or whether it's you know you're showing up imperfectly it doesn't matter just showing up I think just showing up imperfectly is so much better than not showing up at all yeah so so true what would you apart from just show up and let yourself be imperfect what would you say to someone now who feels like they're playing small feels like they're not fully owning it and going after what they want I would tell them and I often share this technique with my clients is to make a list everything comes back to making a list (laughs) but sit down and make a list of evidence um, of all the different kind of scenarios and situations and pieces of work that you've done that actually shows you that you are enough and that you can actually do it because you'll find like moments in your life that you probably haven't even like given any thought to for years and years where you've actually like shown up, done the work and had some amazing results from it, but you've just forgotten about it. And I think when we're in that kind of imposter syndrome complex, we do forget about previous like episodes where we have done well. And I think it's really important to remind yourself of that, to try and cultivate that positivity and try and channel some inner belief to help move yourself forward and out of that kind of negative cycle. Yeah. Love that. 
before we head into the quick round, I would love to chat about your business behind the scenes of your work day to day. It's something I'm personally really nosy about. (laughs) I also feel like it's really inspiring for any women listening who are, you know, new or aspiring female founders or just intrigued by this like I get many messages saying you know I work nine to five I love my corporate career but I just really find it inspiring to hear about other women running businesses so if you could give us a peek you know behind the scenes of your day-to-day what are you working on day-to-day how are you structuring your day how are you getting your work done whilst looking after yourself like if you could give us a a rundown of like a typical day in the life of Gemma what would it be? (laughs) It varies day to day and I have two proper like full working days a week because that's when my children are at school or um, nursery or holiday club nursery up now in the summer holidays so they're my two like dedicated like proper full-on work days and then on the other days I kind of work around them so it might be early in the morning or kind of like late at night um which I love doing um and it's a general mix of like coaching calls like creating content because I love my blog um I'd still be blogging even if no one was reading it because it's such an amazing creative outlet for me and I just love it um it might be kind of running my like you know getting in touch with my um, membership or just basically um creating content and it's just kind of like balance between the two really and it is hard when you when you've got kids and trying to fit everything around them. Um, but like on a day like today, where they're not around, and I kind of like just go all in. I do try and well, I don't try to, but I tend to pack a lot of stuff on my to do list. But I try and make sure that I take some time out for myself, whether it's just like you know a ten minute walk outside or like listen to a podcast. I mean I went for a run this morning so that was nice being out in the open and just taking some time out. Um and um the way I nourish myself as well and um, with my food that's really important to me. So there's little ways that you can kind of weave in self-care even when your day is so packed. I always say that everyone has time for self-care. Because I think time is like a big factor when it comes to a block with self-care but we all have the same amount of hours in every single day and it's how we're using those hours and what we choose to do with those hours that really matters um but yeah it's like a balance of kind of coaching um marketing is a big (laughs) it's a big um kind of um factor when it comes to um our work when you work for yourself um and yeah creating lots of content lots of valuable content i hope and i put a lot of um time and energy into my Facebook community as well amazing how are you how are you planning your day then are you a pen and paper planner are you google calendar like how are you doing it because obviously those two days have to be you know like you say you have to get your most important work done in those two days so how are you prioritizing that and making sure you're getting that to-do list ticked off I'm a paper and pen girl. I'm not kind of old fashioned in that sense. I know there's like Trello and Asana and all those kind of things out there. But honestly, pen and paper is just like 
the dream for me. I don't know why it just works for me. Um, and yeah, so if it's not in my planner, then it doesn't get done. So I have to be like really quite, um, regimental with popping everything down in my planner. And I try and, um, add kind of like time scales to things as to how long I think they're going to take, which really helps kind of pad out my day and, um, means that I don't, I, <laughs> I say not overload, but sometimes I still do overload and <laughs> up working into the evening. But I think I said on my Instagram stories the other day that actually self-care doesn't have to be about the pretty and beautiful. Like my work is self-care to me. If I've had a challenging day with the kids, like spending two hours in the evening, um, just in my work, in my own headspace, in that creative process that makes me thrive so much that is self-care and it's empowering and it it just feel confident and valuable and like I'm serving people and yeah it's just whatever works for you is self-care basically so just do it and do more of it yeah that's so beautiful and it goes back to what what we were talking about I feel like way at the beginning of this chat about your energy and what is what is actually what is draining your energy and what is giving you energy because if something gives you energy even if it's work even if it's what pays your bills you know even if it's hard or it's super like a super challenging hobby that tires you out if it's giving you that like mental and emotional energy then yeah that is self-care that's such a such a game changer thank you so these are the quick round questions I ask every guest at the end of the podcast. The first question is, what is your go-to self-care ritual after a long, stressful day? Or if you're just tired, you need a bit of TLC. It changes every day, but either reading or connecting with nature. I just love the kind of instant freedom and openness that being outside brings love it second question is what is challenging you to leave your comfort zone recently oh my god loads of things <laughs> i think being more visible and putting myself out there more which i think is really important in business but it's kind of coming from a kind of introvert background um it's quite difficult for me to do amazing well you come across really really well and i love i always loved like your stories and your videos and workshops that I've watched anyway <laughs> thank you bless you <laughs> third question is what are your goals for the rest of this year and these could be personal goals professional goals what are you focused on for me it would be to um serve as many women as possible um through my one-to-one -one coaching so that's my um, business goal Personal goal would be to stop fearing failure. And it's something that I'm constantly working on all the time. But I think for me, when I'm trying to do something new, or I guess that's related to business as well, I kind of like fear, oh my God, what if it's not going to work out? What if, you know, no one supports it? What if it, you know, people don't feel invested in it? Um, and that's always a big one that comes up for me so so interesting <laughs> it goes back to what we were saying before as well no matter how much work you do it's that self-awareness isn't it like oh there you are again fear of failure 
hi it's like an old friend <laughs> I wouldn't call it a friend but yeah, yeah. <laughs> an old friend of me yes <laughs> so so true the next question is do you have a go-to favorite resource that you love and you you know get loads from and this could be anything you know a book you love a podcast you'd recommend a person that you look to for advice what's your go-to my go-to I use it every single day and people that watch my Instagram stories and my coaching clients are gonna are probably sick and tired of me talking about insight timer it's a meditation app but I love it so I'm gonna keep on ranting and raving about insight timer because it's just amazing so that's my go-to kind of resource for a bit of peace and calm and tranquility because there's just so much on the app and it's free yeah it is the best (laughs) I love it I was paying for another app and I ended up cancelling my subscription and now I use insight timer and it's free and it's yeah incredible it's like YouTube for spirituality there's like a meditation for everything like if you're feeling low on energy or you want to you know start your day on a positive note or if you're you know fearing failure like I just mentioned or imposter syndrome or, or whatever whatever you're going through there's something on there and you can kind of filter it depending on the amount of time you've got and um, yeah I love it yeah, so hard. <laughs> I'm not affiliated with them in any way whatsoever <laughs> you totally should be they need to like sponsor your next like launch (laughs) so apart from download insight timer and start using it um the next question is what is one action you'd love everyone to take following this conversation i think start living your life i think we always kind of wait for that perfect moment to show up as the best person of ourselves and I think what we need to do is realize that actually life is now if you want to make your dreams happen then start living them now like um because all you're doing if you're just putting it off is just procrastinating and that serves no one so to close that gap between where you are now and your dream life start embodying like that life now and start you know dressing like that person you want to be start you know talking or eating or whatever it is to be that person that you want to be just do it now like why put it off amazing thanks so much Gemma the last question last but not least is where can people go to keep up with you tell us how you know we can work with you follow you online like where can we go Okay, on social media, I'm unconditionally nourished. I spend probably way too much time on Instagram, but I am over there. And I have a free Facebook community um, that I would love to welcome um, more amazing women into called Reclaiming You. And I am also, um, I run my coaching, my one-to-one coaching through my website, um, unconditionallynourished.com. Fantastic. And you have a membership too. I do it's called reclaiming you so um that is open for enrollment at the moment so if you'd like to join we'd love to welcome you with open arms and it's all about setting goals and being accountable I've got so much accountability into the program and it's fun it's positive and it's results driven which is what you want amazing thank you so much for coming on to chat with us 
and I'll have all of Gemma's links in the show notes for everyone to go and have a look at. I definitely encourage you to connect with her because her content is amazing. And if you follow me and you enjoy my content, you will love Gemma as well. Because <laughs> we're basically <laughs> the same person, right? <laughs> we're like twins, Kat. We're like twins. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Put Yourself First today. If you resonated with this episode, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss another one. And please consider leaving a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And if you know another woman who needs to hear this one today, why not message her now with the link? To keep up with me, access more free resources, find out more about one-on-one and group coaching, or to just drop by and say hi, find me at cat underscore horrocks on Instagram or head to cathorrocks.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to put yourself first.